Welcome, everyone, to the One Seed at a Time podcast. I'm Odell Turner, and I'll be your host for the next few minutes. Our special guest today will be Pastor Tim Turner. So sit back and enjoy our podcast and listen. Now we're going to be calling Brother Tim on the phone, uh, and hopefully he'll answer here just in a few minutes. Hello. Hello, is this Tim? It is. Hey, Tim, how you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing fine. Well, we uh, want to welcome you to our first podcast show. This will be our first episode, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. For those that don't know, I didn't tell you before, but uh, Tim is pastor of a church in Paducah, Kentucky. He's at the uh, church called Christ Community Church out uh, west of Paducah near the airport. So uh, we'd like to invite you to go out and be with him if you live in Paducah or you're traveling through on vacation. And at the end of the broadcast, he'll be giving you more of that information on how you can contact him. Okay, let's get right on into the show, Tim. Uh, as I told him, I think I did anyway, you are my brother uh, in Christ, but you're my brother, natural brother, uh, the only brother, only sibling that I have. And uh, that makes it very special for me to have you on the show today. Well, I look forward to it, and I'm honored to be a part of your inaugural service. Okay. Let's, real quick, just uh, tell them, most people may not know, but some do, we sung as a group. We grew up in church. Our parents went to church all the time and took us as little babies and uh, packed us every day. We went Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and was in a lot of revivals because they sung as a trio. And uh, then later in 1975, we formed a group called the Turner Family Quartet, uh, later dropping the quartet and going to Turner Family Gospel Singers. But it was uh, my mom, dad, and and you and I. And uh, tell them a little bit about maybe some kind of just real brief, uh, something that you can think of as uh, a great memory during that time. Well, like you said, we traveled uh, every weekend, and we would leave. Fridays and come back on Sunday night later, Monday morning. And we had tremendous fun on the bus, especially when we developed into a full band a little later on. Great musicians, great friends, and really got to minister all over uh, South, uh, probably Southeastern United States. Just had a lot of fun with it. So. Yes, we a did. Lot of fun traveling with family, too. All right, we did. Now, I told him you were a pastor of a church, and you've been a pastor for a long time. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I want to ask you the first question. When did you know that God called you to preach? And when you're telling this, if you want to elaborate a little bit about kind of how it happened, uh, would you tell us a little bit about when you knew and how you knew that God called you into the ministry? I don't know if mine's unique, but it is to me, so I'll go back and explain it. In 1985, I was... uh, uh, attending a church, and uh, my pastor was Joel Crabb. A lot of you might, may know him, but uh, I just felt like every time he would preach, I would feel like I should be up there. It should be me, and so I was praying about it, and uh, I went to, I'll never forget this, I got on my knees in my house, and I said, God, if you are in this, if you want me to do it, because I didn't want to make a mistake or it be a mess, if you want me to do it, I will, if you'll open the door, and when I walk through it, you anoint me. I'll be glad to preach your word. 
about three days later, that was on a Thursday, I think, and about three days later, I went to Owensboro, Kentucky, which was about an hour from where we lived, and went to a revival service. And I'll never forget the little lady. Uh, it was a pastor's wife. Her name was Hagen. I can't remember remember her first name, but she was a Holocaust survivor. And she spoke German, but uh, broken English. But during the service that night, she called me up front to the altar and she said, God has a plan for you and I have a word for you tonight. And I was having trouble understanding her because her English wasn't great, but I could understand her concept. And so she said to me, God told me to tell you. Now, I had never met this lady. She didn't know me from Adam. I didn't know her. And she said, God told me to tell you that he has opened a door for you to preach the gospel. And when you walk through it, he will anoint you. Exactly what I had spoken in my prayer closet three days earlier, uh, 65 miles away. Nobody knew. Nobody told her. I hadn't told anybody. And I just took that as a confirmation. So God confirmed in my spirit to go preach the gospel. And I used that as a confirmation and started ministering at that point. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, and you've been doing it ever since uh, then. Uh, let me, let's speak to the listeners out there in uh, the world that's listening today. What advice would you give to someone that's maybe running from God's calling to preach or pastor or evangelize, whatever? What advice would you give to them today if they're struggling with that, uh, making that decision? Well, first thing, you have to know that you're called. You have to really know. Um, it's a, I believe, and I'm old-fashioned, but I believe it's a call from God. It's not something you get from a man, or uh, you can't even get it from seminary. You just have to know from God. But once you do feel that call, I think if you talk to God and get serious with Him, He will confirm in you that you are called or that He has placed a calling on your life. You can't run from it. Uh, you know, Jonah tried that, and it got him in the belly of the whale. And similarly, if we run from God, we'll find ourselves in deep trouble. Yep. So I think just finding out from God, you know, is this really what you want me to do? When you get serious with him, he'll get serious with you. That's right. Uh, I, if I have a second, I can tell you about my specific call. And I believe God calls us to evangelism or to teaching or to preaching or to pastoring. I think he has a specific call. And in that call, I do, a, as a pastor, I do preaching, teaching, evangelism. But I am a pastor at heart. In 1985, when I was asking God or trying to figure out if I was called to preach, I was working a bivocational job for the State Highway Department. I'll never forget it. I was on the Kentucky-Tennessee border. And I was fasting that day because I really needed to know from God if I was called. And uh, the guys that I worked with, there were about four of us in the crew, and they walked up to the rest area. It's a beautiful day. And they walked up to the rest area to eat. And I walked down in the woods. I was fasting and I was trying to get serious with God. And I knelt at an old tree there. I believe I could take you to it 30 something years later. But I knelt at an old tree. I got in on my knees. The roots made a perfect altar. And I started praying. And all of a sudden, uncontrollably, I began to weep. And as I wept, I didn't understand it. And I said, God, why am I feeling this way? What is it in me that's causing me to weep that I can't stop? And God spoke to me and said, I have just given you the heart of a shepherd. And from that day on, I knew I wasn't going to be an evangelist. I wanted to be a pastor. And I'm a 30-plus year pastor now. I've been at this church 
in two decades. I'm in my 22nd year here at this church now. So I'm trying to fulfill what God specifically called me to. Yep. Well, and that was going to be my next question is how long you have pastored and how long you've been pastoring and how, how many years do you say altogether you have pastored? I've pastored about 30 years. I'm in my 22nd year here at this church. I've only pastored okay. two churches in my right. entire ministry. Okay. All right. So that's, that's quite a bit of time. And, uh, you know, a lot of times pastors get burnt out and uh, move around from church to church. That's pretty awesome that you've just been at two churches and in this church here for, I believe you said, 22 years. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's that's great. Uh, let's move along real quick, though. What is one of the most rewarding or special times as a pastor in your mind? And I know that uh, seeing souls saved is has got to be at the top. But is there anything else that, that you can think of that uh, really stands out in your mind? And I don't want to put you on the spot because uh, I know there's a lot of special stuff. But anything that maybe stands out? Well, I think seeing a soul saved or directly leading somebody to the Lord is probably the most rewarding thing for a pastor because every pastor should have the heart of seeing the harvest saved, seeing the lost people saved. And I have been able, and thankful for it, I have been able to lead people to the Lord, and that is very rewarding. We, as pastors, you don't see a lot of tangible results. A lot of times it's spiritual. Uh, You pray for things, and most of the time it's spiritual. We do get to see healings and salvations and things like that. Uh, Even church growth, uh, physically, the church growing, we get to see those things. But I think the most rewarding things are just when you see results. Uh, as a pastor, right. I think every pastor's heart is to say, you know, I want to help people. I want to help everybody, drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, marital problems. I do a lot of counseling, marriage counseling, and, you know, you want to see good results out of that. Uh, so I marry people. I bury people. Yep. Uh, you, even in a death, even in a funeral, you can see results out of that. So That's right. I think just to answer your question, it would be seeing results, spiritual kingdom results right the building of god's kingdom is uh, is an awesome thing i want to ask you something i'm gonna slip this in here on you uh, uh maybe a little unprepared to answer this but uh i know this and but the people listening probably don't you have recently accepted a job uh it's a i guess it's a non-paid job but it's still a job as a chaplain uh, i believe it's mccracken county is that is that right Yes, McCracken County Sheriff's Department. Yes, and you uh, became their uh, chaplain, and I know you feel very honored to do that, and uh, I'm proud of you for doing that. Uh, tell just in a real brief moment, because I want to cover something else real quick, but tell me a little bit about uh, some of the experiences and things you've had that you feel good about in that position. Well, I started this. It was just a God thing. The sheriff approached me about three years ago and asked me if I would help him. I thought he meant for one specific service. I did not know that he wanted me to become the lead chaplain for the department, which I have done. But in my three years, and one of the things it did, and I've I've said this so many times, but as a pastor, especially a long-tenured pastor like I am, 22 years, sometimes you feel like you become friends and you're not spiritually making a dent in the people anymore. And when the sheriff asked me about doing this, it, it really broadened my scope. It got me outside the four walls of the church. And I become a 
pastor to the sheriff's department and a lot of the community. And it's very rewarding. The hard parts of it is they only call me for critical incident situations. Uh, I'm talking about when patrol officers. Now, I do a lot of other things. I pray over the judges. I pray at the swearing in. I've, it's opened doors for me to speak to many civic clubs and things like that. And I've enjoyed those things. Uh, but I usually work accidents. I work more suicides than anything with the department. I've watched kids die. It's just very, it's very critical and it's very hard sometimes. The rewarding part is again, you feel like you get to help people. And so that's very rewarding. I also become a pastor to the officers. I deal with every officer involved shooting uh, or try to if I can. And then, uh, you know, I, sometimes the officers call and they don't want to talk to their pastor or they don't have a pastor. And I deal with uh, maybe depressions and things like that. Uh, I stay close contact with the sheriff and we talk often. So I pray for them. I pray for officers daily. So it's just become a, uh, a very rewarding position, but a very difficult position. When they call me, I've worked plane wrecks, uh, plane crashes. I've worked car crashes when they call me it's always bad yeah. so it's, it's hard but it's rewarding but yeah. i enjoy what i do yeah well and uh i think that's an awesome thing and uh again we're happy and proud for you to be able to have that position to help those officers out um one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today, it seems to be a problem in our nation all around schools, um, factories, uh, restaurants, different things. How has COVID-19 affected you as a pastor and your <coughs> church? Uh, I know there's been probably uh, things that's happened in your church. Is there anything you'd like to share? Maybe another pastor is listening, going through something, because I know this has got to be a very difficult time for pastors. So, uh, and again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there something that you would like to share to our listeners about the good things, maybe a bad thing? I don't, I don't know what you want to talk about, but it's your time. Take it away and tell us a little bit about that. Well, COVID was very hard on our church as it was many churches. And it's a very long story. I'll do the condensed version, but um, we were attacked here after the governor shut churches down. We went like everybody else to online services and we had a five or six piece band, two worship leaders, myself doing the message and a cameraman. And we all uh, got COVID at the same time. And uh, you know this, they don't, but uh, I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days with COVID pneumonia and couldn't breathe and it was a very just frustrating time in my life i don't think i missed a single service I, i'm trying to think back because we did online services at the time so i don't think i missed one that was a hard thing people in our church got it we've had a lot of people in our church that have covid to this point i think we're mostly over it now but i will say that the good that came out of it you now we lost our worship team uh, they had COVID. One of them was uh, 70 days in the hospital, 60 days on the ventilator, and she lost her voice. Her husband had uh, just a, a whole collapse, and we lost him. The good that came out of it, we have new worship leaders, and things are going very well. We have gained people. Our church has grown numerically. We not only have gained back 
and we didn't get everybody back, but we gained new people during COVID. We gained new families. Uh, when churches were falling, ours was growing. And when finances of other churches, and I have pastor friends that had real hard financial distress, and that really bothers me. I hate that. I would hate to tell them, but during COVID, our church income increased 40%. It went up. during At the end of COVID, we paid our church off. I guess not the end. We're still in it, but we paid our church off through the last year and a half. And uh, we just, this week, matter of fact, yesterday, they started paperwork. We're buying new property and just our church is growing. Things are excellent here. So I think that scripture comes to my mind, what evil the devil meant against us. God has turned around for good. So they're good. Good can come out of it. If a pastor is listening and he's struggling, if he'll just hold on and be faithful, God will reward them because he will turn it all around. The Bible says we know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I believe that today. And I believe that our church is a witness to that that things have turned around and become great for us. Yeah. Well, I, I do believe that uh, God has moved in your church. I've been there, and uh, I love your people, and they really are awesome uh, group of people. But uh, the one thing that I, I kind of thought about as you was talking there, seemed like, uh, you know, with uh, all the COVID thing that happened, a lot of churches and pastors went to, uh, either uh, Facebook, podcast, uh, different types of uh, internet uh, messages and things. Do you think uh, that's created maybe a problem? I, I see it where one thing you got to expand and people heard you that probably never would have come to your church to hear you. And maybe some of them people have came to your church or will come someday uh, because they have heard you. But at the same time, do you think maybe uh, church people have gotten, I hate to say this, but maybe a little lazy or whatever and uh, still want to stay home rather than come back to church? Uh, I, I don't know. I just was wondering what your thoughts on the Internet church versus the uh, the traditional church now. Well, I think – um, it, it is true. People have become lazy. I have pastor friends who have stopped their video uh, streams because they felt like that people wouldn't come back. But I can't do that here because I feel like there are too many homebound people, sick people, people that can't get to church that really want to be a part of the service so we continue to do it. My point is this. If somebody is too lazy to get up and come to church, they're going to stay home anyway, whether we do podcast or not, or whether we do live stream or not. They're going to stay home anyway. We want to do it as a function for those who, and a benefit for those who cannot get up and come to church. But, <clears throat> I, you know, the church has always been made up of two, two groups. And if you think about it, it's made up of people who are the real church, and then it's made up of people who play around the fringe and just want the benefits. but and the blessings, but not uh, the commitment. So, you know, we lost some people during COVID, but the people that really love the Lord came back. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a pastor to shy away from doing live feed because who, you don't ever know who's going to drive down the road or a year later, hear you preach a message of salvation and say, I needed that. And I gave my heart to the Lord through that. I think media is 
is the most and the best way to spread the gospel these days. We we during COVID we were having uh, nobody at church, and we would reach twenty five hundred people a week during COVID. You know what? Again, that was an attack on Satan, but we ended up branching out and ministering to more people than normal. Now that churches are back open, we don't do as much, but we still reach lost people. And maybe somebody is driving down the road. Who knows? Right. Well, and you know, uh, I want to say, first of all, maybe the word that I used and in, in, uh, had you to use was lazy that may not have been the appropriate word to use but i do know that it's easy to sit in your pajamas or whatever and listen to somebody preach rather than have to get up and make an effort and uh so i apologize if well hey that, well, yes. honestly it was easy for me i put on a dress shirt sit at a desk in my home sometimes uh i'd even have some you know jogging pants or something right. on tennis shoes and Yep. They didn't get to see that part, right. and it was easy for me. And I even right. commented on that. Right, but yeah. real genuine worshipers want to be in his house, and that's what I was trying to say. I, I didn't want to sound like we were being too hard. We said you was lazy. It's just uh, it is a fact that it's easy to, uh, and you become lazy or or just sluggish and don't want to do that. But moving along from that, what I wanted to say too is uh, that. You know, listening to the podcast thing, that that's why I started this. And you, you said that about that it really can reach out to a lot of people that you can't reach in the four walls of the church. And I'm really hoping and praying that this podcast can actually do that, can touch people and, and bless people. Uh, we're going to have guest speakers on. And talking about your church and, and the COVID, you had a, a lady in your church, and I don't want to get too much in this because uh, she she had a really difficult time, and we're hoping to have her on as a guest uh, a little bit later down in our podcast show. So I uh, want you to tune in. She's got a great testimony, and she's uh, your, your church. And and uh, so, anyway, uh, I do believe that uh, the electronic uh, uh, things that we have today have helped and maybe hurt some, too. Uh, but as we go along, because we don't have a lot of time trying to keep it down to where it's not so long, um, in closing remarks, I want you to uh, – we've talked about things, and I've asked you questions that I wanted to hear. But what I want you to do right now – and I, this is the part I really pray, and I prayed the Lord before I got on here this morning and asked him to, to really touch you and I both, that we could touch those that's listening. And that's my goal is to, to touch people uh, that need a touch this morning or this afternoon. I say this morning, we're doing it kind of in the morning, but it'll go out whenever you plug in and listen. So it could be night, it could be morning, afternoon, whenever. But Tim... What I want you to do, and you know, I, I guess I would call most people brother, brother Tim, but you're my real brother, and it's hard for me to say brother Tim. But anyway, I want you to speak for a minute about to anyone that maybe is in pain with drugs, alcohol, suicide, but most important, someone that might be listening today that's backslid or lost and don't know the Lord and don't have that, or maybe has never had that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, there's a difference in just signing a book and saying you're a member and having that personal relationship. So if you would at this time, just give a, a little uh, talk to, to just reach right out there and talk to them like you were looking them right in the face. Are you there or did we lose you? 
I think we might have lost him. Can you hear me now? Oh, I've got him. He's back. Okay. okay. That, that's okay. that's the bad things of uh, cell phones. What Did you hear what I was asking you, if you could reach out yes, and talk I to him? I heard, I heard most of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, it's always been my heart to help people. I've wanted to do that since I was young, and I still love doing that. That's why I like pastoring, because you don't come in as an evangelist and leave. You get to be a part of their life and help them. But anyway, uh, you know, Jesus said something, and I want to quote it real quick. Uh, in Luke 4, 18, Jesus was talking and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach gospel to the poor and sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. And that is probably my favorite part to set at liberty them that are bruised. I had a, a pastor, a lady back in central Kentucky, she came to church one morning. Her husband was just a heathen for lack of better term. She loved the Lord and he just drank and didn't love the Lord and didn't want to go to church. And one day he got up and told her, she said, if you go to church, I'll, I'll beat you. I'll whip you. And she said, I'm going to church no matter what you do to me. And she came to church that morning with sunglasses on because he had blacked her eye. He had bruised her. Jesus said, I came to preach to those that are bruised. We don't want anybody to see our bruises. There are many people, and I, I'll, anybody that's listening probably is going to say at one point in my life I was bruised or I am bruised now. A bruise is something we don't like people to see. We cover up, we wear sunglasses, or we make up stories uh, to explain it away. And I love to help people like that. I've taught in rehab centers, uh, you know, uh, drug rehab centers. I have a heart for that. So what I'd like to tell anybody today, first of all, if you're lost, you can't be happy and be lost. You can have a little happiness, but it's fleeting, but you'll never have joy until you find Jesus. So if you're out there and your life is miserable, maybe you're going through a trial, you can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and find great joy, not just happiness. If you're a drug addict, alcoholic, maybe there's somebody out there that's, maybe some lady out there with children whose husband has ran off or uh, abandoned them and she feels like life is no good. You're one of those bruises that Jesus said we came to minister to, he came to minister to, and us pastors and preachers minister to. If you're out there today and you're bruised, I have good news for you. There's hope. I have people in my church who are recovering drug addicts and they're doing great. They're happily married. You know, I taught in, uh, that I mentioned I taught in rehab centers, but I go in every morning, I teach about 35 to 50 men on a daily basis, and I'd open up like this. Hey, you're looking at, look around the room, you're looking at managers, owners, supervisors, leaders, and businesses. And I tell them, the only thing stopping you is you. God wants to heal you and help you if you'll do that. About 10 years uh, after one of my classes, a young man called me. He said, Pastor Tim, uh, do you know who this is? And I said, no. He told me his name, and I said, I'm still having trouble. He said, you taught me in drug rehab. He said, I remember how you opened every lesson. You'd say supervisors and managers and owners, you know, we just have to rise up. And he said, I want you to know that I'm married, I have children, and I'm supervising a company. Uh, and I wanted to let you know your words rang true in my ears, and I never forgotten it. And you have sown seed into me. Well, that's what I want to do today. Because I'm telling you, if you if your husband's gone, you're a drug addict, you you did something terrible last night, God is full of mercy and grace 
and he will pull you out of that gutter where you are and help you and heal your heart. If I can ever help you, uh, there'll be a contact link, I'm sure, on this podcast. Uh, Odell knows how to get in touch with me, or you can go to our church website. But if I can ever help anybody, I'll be glad to do it. I love helping people stand up again. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to try to wrap up here, but I I want you to leave uh, a contact for if anybody's traveling through Paducah, Kentucky, or they live there and you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to invite you to go out to Christ Community Church and be a part of their service. Uh, uh, he's a, uh, I'm not just saying because he's my, my brother, but he's a powerful, uh, educated, anointed man of God does a great job preaching. So Tim, if you will tell them kind of how, and if somebody's maybe contemplating committing suicide or something like that, and you need somebody to talk to and you don't have a pastor, tell them how they can get a hold of you, Tim. Okay. Our church is at West Paducah at the airport with a brick church at the airport. Our address is 8270-8270 Old Hinkleville Road. West Paducah. Our office number is 270-744-0397. If there's nobody in the office, that number goes to one of our members or myself, and we have a 24-hour answering service. So if anybody does need help of any kind, uh, you may be sitting at the table or driving down the road. You may be out in the field working or on your job and hear this and think, I've got to turn my life around. Well, there's people that will help you. I am one of them, and I would be glad to help you. If you're out of my area, I'll find resources in your area. I'll help you any way I can. I do deal with a lot of suicides through the sheriff's department. That's the number one response that I have. I call, I'm called to that more than anything else. And I want to tell you, if you're there thinking life is not worth living, the devil has deceived you. Suicide is not ending pain. It's a transference of pain. All you do is hand off pain to your family if you if you commit that act. By the way, if you commit that act, you're in danger of judgment. I want to tell you today, if you are thinking about suicide, please call Suicide Hotline. Call this podcast. Call me. Call Odell. We will get you help one way or the other. We will find you help. That is true, and uh, thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast with us today, uh, our first one. And I'm sure we'll get a little better at this as we go along. So uh, just pray for us that we will do that. I'd like for you to tell every one of your friends, uh, invite people. Uh, If you need the link, I can email it to you, and you can share it with all your people on Facebook, all your friends. Uh, you can email it to them, text it to them. Uh, I just want you to help me get the word out there that we're going to be doing this. We'll try to release them every Tuesday, so they'll be out every Tuesday. We'll try to have one. Again, Tim, we really thank you for your time and being with us. I know you got some appointments today that you got to go to, and we're going to cut you loose and let you go here in just a little while. But again, I want to thank you and your church for everything that y'all do for that area and for the Lord. And um, we just want to say, if you'd like to contact us here on our uh, uh, podcast, it's KYJava1997 at BellSouth.net. Again, that's KYJava1997 
1997 at bellsouth.net. Send us an email if you have a question, if you have a Bible question or scripture or something you don't understand. We'll try to find out for you and let you know what we feel like that means and what the Word says. Uh, if you have a prayer request, send it in to us. We'll be glad to pray over that. Also, uh, we do want to ask that you share this again, the link. Uh, to all your friends and that we can get that done i'd like to leave with you uh one thing in closing uh i want to leave a scripture with you matthew 21 22 and it says this and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing ye shall receive I, I just felt like I should leave that with you today for you out there that maybe need something from the lord all you have to do is set all things, not some, but all things, whatsoever ye ask in prayer. But it's in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now, that doesn't mean that you can ask him to uh, uh, for a big fancy car or something like that. But he said your needs. He'll supply all your needs, not your wants, but your needs. So I'm telling you the, the way there by giving you this scripture. Again, Tim, thank you very much. And you know I love you because you're my brother. And uh, just appreciate everything you do for the Lord. God bless you. Hey, O'Neill. Yes. O'Neill, can I interrupt you for, can I have one minute? Can we close with a one-minute prayer? Yes, I, I meant to do it. I'm sorry, and I'm glad you remind me. I, I would normally do that on my podcast. I'll probably be doing that, but since you're our guest, I'd like to ask you to say a word of prayer and give an invitation to those that's lost. Okay. I just kind of sense that somebody's going to hear this and really need help. Okay. I'm sitting in my office at my church, and I just feel the Spirit of the Lord leading this. So let me do a quick prayer. Okay. God bless you. Father, we know today that uh, there's a multitude of hurting people all around us. And sometimes we're insensitive. We don't see it. And we need to be more sensitive to your spirit. Yes. Today, I feel in my heart that somebody is going to hear this. And something said about a drug addict, an alcoholic, a suicide, uh, a divorce, a separation. Somebody's going to hear this. And something's going to click in their heart. I sense it. I believe it. I'm asking you, God, to touch them right now. Don't let them do anything that would be foolish, anything that would cause their future harm or damage or even bodily harm to them. I'm praying that they're, if they're at the end of the rope, they'll turn to you. They'll seek you. Odeo and I both have agreed to help them. Lord, somehow go into that car, that field, that job site, that kitchen, that living room, and speak to their heart right now. Let them know there is help. There is hope. That you came not to condemn them, but you came to save them. That's what your word says. Today, God, I pray that they see themselves as with a future and a hope. Lord, that they, they don't believe this lie and do something that would cause them a bad future from here on. God, speak to their heart now. I pray in the name of Jesus, you help them, lift them up, and encourage them. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. We'll talk to you later.